As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. From the kitchen of the cabin and around the world, this is Voices from the Solitude, a podcast about the coronavirus and gaming. Today I'm speaking to the president of Stronghold Games, Stephen Bonacore. We talk about the effect the coronavirus has had on his company and his optimism for the future. I'm here with President of Stronghold Games, Stephen Bonacore, and I, I guess I want to start with, you know, not that I'm stalking you or anything, but sort of monitoring your Facebook posts over the last couple of weeks. You've had something of a journey with this kind of, uh, this this pandemic, this COVID crisis. So can you sort of talk a little about that, your sort of defiance at the beginning and then your sort of change of heart as it's gone on? Well, yeah, sure. So, um Early on, uh, when there was a lot less knowledge out there, I had posted a, hey, guys, everybody just take a step back, calm down, you know, go about your lives. We can still do things. We can still travel if we need to do so. I had all of these things planned to, to travel over the next many weeks. And, uh, and then a day went by. And then another day went by. And all of a sudden, the world just started changing in a material way. So I obviously I took down the post and I posted an apology because but in the beginning there was seventy percent of the people were like yeah yeah that makes sense just you know go about our lives twenty percent were like well make sure you wash your hands and ten percent were like you guys are, you're crazy this is irresponsible you shouldn't be doing that um, with more data comes more knowledge and you know and more intelligence uh, about how things need to operate in our current environment. So I took it down. I made an apology. I'm sorry about that. I, I was working with the data I had at the time. And now we are in a worldwide crisis of, you know, once in a century kind of event that we now have to react to in a way that nobody ever thought that they would have to do. I never thought I'd live through the zombie apocalypse, which is, 
you know, almost the kind of thing that's going on right now. Sheltering in place in my home, stocking up on provisions and things like that. And of course, not seeing anybody at the four business trips that I was supposed to take this month and next month. So absolutely astonishing that we're living through it. But with more knowledge comes, uh, comes better ways of dealing with a, with a crisis. But, but what made you feel the need to apologize? I can understand saying, you know, I'm wrong. Um, I've changed my mind. Is it, do, you think it's, do you think it's a, the nature of sort of social media, especially being a sort of a business person, that there has to be some sort of mea culpa for making a wrong decision in the past? I spoke to someone um, who I respect very much, and she said to me, you know, Stephen, you are someone who is, and, I, and I'm not stroking my ego or anything with the statement. She says, you're an icon in the industry and someone that people looks up to, look up to and, and take what you say very, very seriously. So therefore, you've got to be careful when an incorrect statement ends up being made. And I went, okay. Yeah, I mean, you do. Now, people post the most ridiculous <laughs> if if I was crude, I would use an adjective here, but you I would say whatever to. you would say whatever <laughs> you want. We're all adults here. The most ridiculous effing statements on the internet and not only pose it as fact, they'll defend it after they're they're pushed and pushed and pushed with with actual facts. They believe nonsense that's posted. I elected to say I was wrong. Now let's do things differently and let's listen to the current data. And, you know, and I'm, I'm big enough to say when I'm wrong. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a doctor. I'm not the medical profession. And we need to use that knowledge in the way that we react from now going forward, from, from as, as it evolved. I mean, literally, it was 24 hours later, like, hmm, 48 hours. I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is... This is not getting better. This is getting significantly worse day to day. We have to react differently. So that's what happened. And I, I felt it was important for me to do that. And, and, and it, was, it was really the, the response to that um, change uh, in my post was overwhelmingly good. And I'm, you know, I, I'm happy to have added that voice of, of reason into, into the discussion. So let's let's talk about sort of um, the practical day to day of Stronghold Games then. So so how has your workday changed? What what in terms of seeing your colleagues and all of that sort of stuff? Right. So most of this industry, as as I'm sure you know, um, uh, works remote. Uh, there are very few offices of hobby game companies. Um, I would say in North America. Possibly a half a dozen companies have actual offices, and that might be overestimating it. Um, we do not have a physical office. I work out of my home office in Florida. Travis Worthington, who's the CEO of Indie Game Studios, the overarching company between Indie Boards and Cards and Stronghold Games, he's out in California. Our uh, our main team is in Indianapolis, but they work remotely from their homes and occasionally get together at like a, uh, a game store to test games or a food court and things like that. So the actual operations of the company have 
not been impacted. The internal uh, internal operations have not been impacted. Now, if we want to talk about supply chain and stuff like that, maybe. But even that, for us at the moment, we're in very good position uh, in even in the looking at what's coming down the pipe and how we're going to get the products to market. And so I assume that you produce in China like a lot of American publishers. What is the outlook for sort of, maybe not even you specifically, but sort of the American publishers who work in China? How is the release of games going to change over the next 6, 12 months? Yeah, so we produce in actually a number of locations, and that would include China, uh, now with indie game with indie boards and cards, uh, we would produce most of our stuff because they were producing basically a hundred percent of their stuff, and we were only doing maybe oh maybe thirty percent or so. So now it's mostly in China, but we do a significant num- amount in Germany and even some in the United States. Terraforming Mars, I was proud to say when we first brought it out, uh, was produced almost completely in the United States with plastics from China. And it's always, plastics always come out of China. Nobody does it in any other place. And and why is that? 75 years of injection molding facilities in China. Simple as that. They have have all of it there. We have none of it here. Europe has very, very little bit. In in the UK, there's a, a little bit, but everybody produces their plastics in China. So, so the, the bigger question, so how is, the, how is this affecting, with China being the epicenter of the entire thing, how is this affecting us? And the short answer is really it is not. China is back up to 100% uh, operation in their factory. So they had extended their, uh, their Chinese New Year. It kind of happened almost at a good time, you know, if you can have a, a pandemic starting at a time that would not affect us. It, it really happened at the right time. Uh, they extended Chinese New Year by a couple of weeks, which is always the slowest part of the year um, for them and for us. It's good timing overall. Uh, and then ramped up the production almost immediately thereafter, and they're running and they're running full tilt. The production facilities are not in Wuhan province, which is where everything started. Obviously, every part of China was affected on some level, but it was not there. It's in Shenzhen is the mo- most portion of where um, where they pr- the, all the production of, of games and much manufacturing is done. So uh, we are okay on every level. And funny thing is, so we, you know, we do... Um, um, we do all the plastics, as I mentioned, for terraforming Mars uh, in China, and then the final assembly is either done in Germany or or the U.S. for all of, and all of the cardboard and all the paper and all of the cards and everything else, uh, U.S. or Germany. Uh, we had actually printed a significant supply in 2019 of terraforming Mars, having no forethought that the world was going to hit a crisis. Of course, just because. Pricing was right. The partners wanted to print. Uh, the U.S. had had capacity, to, so everybody said, "You know what? Let's let's overprint." Air quotes, overprint. We're going to sell the games within a year. Everything we did, but let's print the pricings right. So our supply of terraforming Mars in our warehouse is fine. And even if we couldn't print for another six months, we would still have stock, which is probably not the case for a lot of other popular games. I think we. There are some that might hit an issue uh, over the next six months. But overall, everything is either fully back to 100% or 
ramping up into that area in China. So on that then, I want to broaden out into sort of the game industry in general. So what do you think will be the kind of ramifications of this? And how do you think you know, things like Kickstarter will be affected with a sort of a backlog in China? So I, you know, I'm, and, and by the way, and I am, a, I am an eternal optimist on, on every level. So I'm going to give most of my opinions are, are of the optimistic type. Um, but obviously with the knowledge that I have, I don't think we're going to see a problem uh, in general, uh, either on Kickstarter or in retail sales. Now, if we if we absolutely hit the absolute worst case scenario, you know where where the unemployment because now we're in the, now we're talking about the economics the macroeconomics that could occur due to this could occur if it really goes to over twenty percent, which some few have predicted could happen, then we're of course going to see a problem. Um, with the with game sales, because at that point we're in depression, not even recession. We're in depression level uh, unemployment. So enough hobby gamers would be economically impacted. But if we see a pullback uh, in in the macro economy, even of the of the level that some have said. Now I follow I follow the stock market and the business cycle very closely from a personal level, of course, as well as Stronghold Games. The, 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 the uh, gross domestic product GDP for the second quarter is going to be what's going to be hit the most. And depending on who you believe, it's going to be down between 3% and 14%. 14% would be staggeringly bad, but possibly not to the extent of depression level, but staggeringly bad. And then the three to eight percent, eight percent seems to be where the middle is of that. Um, of the many targets that I've seen from different prediction, you know, basically the the the, the um, investment banks out there. Um, this is going to be not terrible for the hobby game industry. And and I'd like to point out again that um, we have been in the past a recession proof industry every time we've seen a downturn in the in the economic cycle our industry survives potentially even thrives depending on the type and then of course we come back strong when it comes out and we go back into a growth cycle again Um, so all of this is again my optimistic view but at the moment i'm liking the fact that when people have to be at home and not go anywhere that they're going to be playing games, and guess what? As long as they're still working, they're going to be buying games. And I think things are going to be okay in general terms for our industry. And so just finally then, what are the ramifications of Gen Con, and God forbid for me at least, Essen being cancelled this year? Because it's it's at the moment a, a distinct possibility. What would that do to the industry, do you think? The ever the ever positive me is saying that I don't believe that that was that's going to happen. Gen Con or Essen cancellations, I do not believe that's going to happen. In fact, I'm even hopeful 
though cautious, of course, this is this is a rough one that we'd see we'll see origins uh, in June happen. So again, we have to you know this is a wait and see kind of thing. Um, as what will happen if right? Those are the two biggest events, right? The um, we have and oh, and the UK Games Expo, of course, right? So those are maybe the three biggest, you know, uh, in the various locations. Um, uh, it certainly would be a bad event from a from a, a revenue perspective. Um, these these conventions are not very significant to the bottom line. They're just not because the costs of being there are so high. Um, so we do not base our revenue projections. Uh, our profitability is not is not uh, is not tied to going to those conventions. However, we would lose, of course, the marketing buzz that comes out of those conventions. And we certainly rely on that. Having said that, guess what? I have a feeling that some smart people in this industry will figure out other ways of ensuring that we're going to be doing great marketing to everybody who's going to be like, I can't be at Gen Con or I can't be at Essen. What's, what's the new stuff? We're still going to bring out new games. So we're going to figure out ways of getting those new games in front of gamers, be it the videos, be it extra board game geek marketing, being sending things to uh, local game stores, you know, as they open up again. We will figure it out. And my, my, again, my positivity for this is that we will all get through this. I want everybody to hear that out there. We will get through this. And we will get through this together. And in the end, not only will the industry be stronger, we will be stronger as people. Because we've fought another unseen enemy, and we're going to win this thing. And that's my biggest positivity that I can give out to everybody. Well, brilliant, Stephen Bonnegal. Thank you so much. And uh, don't let the enforced solitude make you drink all of that Game of Thrones whiskey. <laughs> I'm rationing it out very, very, <laughs> a little bit, little bit at a time. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ben. I appreciate it. If you want to support content like this, you can go to patreon.com forward slash 5G for D. Thank you for listening. Stay safe. And if you can, stay at home. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? 
At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.